Welcome everyone to the first episode of 2020 of the Lodges podcast. This is episode 23 with Chris Reed, who is a esports startup advisor. If you're a listener coming over from LinkedIn, you have probably seen Chris's content pop up on your timeline. Um, but he was a great first guest to have on to kick off this new year. We really just tackle a lot of different topics. Um, some of these include esports startups, entrepreneurship, raising capital, content creating, TikTok, LinkedIn, among others. Um, we really just go in depth here, and I think there's a lot of value and great information that is dropped, especially in regards to content creating in the esports space. So I'm really just hoping that everyone enjoys this episode. I hope it helps kick off your 2020 in a great way. And so with that being said, uh, this is the Lodges podcast up next. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Lodges podcast and the first episode of 2020. I am super excited to kick it off and get the episodes back out there for the month of January. A lot of amazing guests, um, including today, coming onto the show. So I am super pumped about it. If you are new to the podcast, this is a podcast where we interview um, streamers, content creators, pro players, business professionals in esports and in gaming basically anybody involved in the industry. So a lot of cool and fun people that are working on exciting things. Um, before we get kicked off and get to our guest, we have a new five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Um, and again, if you're a new listener, typically what we do is if you leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, we read that review live on the following episode. So this review comes from Kyle Morelli, and he says, The Lodges Podcast shows a great perspective into the growing esports industry by giving so many different perspectives from amazing guests each episode. This is an absolute must listen for anyone wanting to learn more about esports and where this industry is headed. Um, Kyle, I know you and I have chatted, so I really appreciate you dropping this super thoughtful review and taking the time to go on there. I know you also have a question attached to the review, and we're going to knock that out um, at the end of the episode before we get into the lightning round. So stick around to hear your question answered. Um, but I really appreciate the review and everyone else that's doing that. Um, so to hop into it, this is episode 23. Like we said, first episode of 2020, our guest is Chris Reed and he is an esports startup advisor. So Chris, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you taking time to have me on. Yeah, definitely. I, I know I'm excited about this and you are as well, um, to kick things off here in 2020. Um, so a lot of exciting, a lot of exciting stuff happening. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, if you are a listener from LinkedIn, I'm sure you guys are very familiar with Chris. I know he is all over the esports hashtag and other content stuff, so <laughs> might be a familiar face. Um, but Chris, typically how we start things off here at the podcast is if you just kind of want to give us your personal story, let us know who you are, where you're from, and all that. That that would be great to hear. For sure. Yeah, born and raised in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I'm 33 years old, just for context on age. Um, and I'll, I always start here. Um, you know, I started gaming so really heavily. Uh, I think I was six years old when Super Nintendo came out, okay. and that was like my launch pad was it was the SNES for me. So sometimes I'm a lot of times I'm the oldest person in the room, <laughs> the oldest person in the conversation. So I definitely date myself sometimes, but that's kind of where <laughs> I got started. It's it's funny how that works. Um, so yeah, the SNES launched all that. 
Um, and, and I always start there because gaming gave me confidence. Like it was the first thing that gave me confidence in life when it comes to like activities. And it's really, I don't know, I, I think about it, it's really interesting, but that launched, I mean, cause I just wasn't, it's really, there's a couple of things. So my name is Chris Reed and in school, elementary school, they would call me Chris Read a book. Okay. So that, 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 that flowed very well. Um, so I was short, I was small, I had thick glasses. Um, so, you know, I didn't have a, a whole lot going for me um, in elementary <laughs> school age, right? So, so you know, the kickball field, things. I just wasn't like that great at a whole lot of things, um, uh-huh. you know, but gaming was something that, I don't know, I just found a lot of confidence in. Like I'd, I'd go home and a lot of times be playing, um, you know, by myself, you know, Mario World, whatever, uh, Mario Kart, like SNES, that's where I got started. And it just, I don't know, it just gave me, uh, confidence when I was able to beat a level, level up, things like that, like playing Sonic or whatever. Um, I don't know how to really explain that, put that into words, but I have some interesting conversations around it. And that's really where my confidence started, which actually led to um, getting into athletics, which I know it sounds like the opposite, like gaming athletics. We'll get into that a little bit later. Right. Um, but I don't know. I always had to get out there right off the rip um, that gaming gave me the confidence that led to athletics, that led to entrepreneurship when, and having your own business and things like that. So I just want to make sure to get that out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then I went on to, uh, so I wrestled, I started wrestling, uh, in eighth grade, a big part of my life wrestling, um, I wrestled in high school in the state of Kentucky. Uh, it's a three time all state, got third, fifth and seventh in the state. Um, I always bring that up because wrestling is just a huge part of my life. It's, if you include coaching, I've been involved in the space around 19, 20, 19 to 20 years. Wow. Um, so I can't believe two decades. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that crazy. Really, that really starts, you know, dating myself a little bit. Um, but that, that's really uh, a good foundation where I came from, where I started kind of, um, you know, the gaming side and then the athletic side. And, and from there kind of led into, um, you know, get staying involved in gaming. Uh, my brother was seven years, six and a half years younger. Um, he got into smash and we'll talk a little bit about that a little bit later. Um, but that was our foundation. That's where we came from. And it's, uh, definitely been an interesting, interesting ride. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where you found a little bit of your identity was in gaming. It was. Um, and again, because it was actually something I was good at. I know it sounds maybe trivial, but it was right. something I was good at at an early age. And you kind of gravitate to what you're good at. I think, I mean, that's that's actually kind of the story with a lot of athletes. So that's what I was able to do. Uh, but it also gave me confidence that, hey, I'm good at this. Mm-hmm. I can be good at something else kind of thing. Right. So that it helped me create that bridge to the next thing. So um, for those that, that have been involved in wrestling, you know, you know, it's not a very easy sport. I don't think it's <laughs> considered a very easy thing to do uh, to cut, you know, 12 percent of your body weight in four days to yeah. just compete, you know, and go through all that. And so I don't know. It just gave me that confidence. And I always try to talk about that first because it's such a foundational thing. Absolutely. No, that's that's cool to hear about. It. And it's interesting that for you, it was video games that then took you into athletics instead of, you know, the other way around, because I think you're right. You know, you typically I think hear it the other way. So that's really interesting to hear about. Um, um yeah. go ahead. Um, yeah, so and then that you know, and that led to that, that confidence uh in the business, you have to have that. Like you yeah. kind of have to have this um again, it's such a fine line, but not arrogance about yourself, but the confidence that you can get something done when a lot of people make fun of you or take your idea and stomp on it. Like right. you have to just take those people and those words that they say and use it as fuel. Um, you know, I've, I've posted that a couple of times, like on LinkedIn and things like that, but you have to be able to do that. And I was able to, I, I went through those kind of things through, you know, gaming was not glorified two decades ago. 
Right, right. <laughs> and it's still in, in, in mainstream pockets, not glorified yet. Obviously, culture is changing. But if you can get through that, right? Um, and also, like a lot of, you know, when I was wrestling back in the day, is that, you know, you got made fun of a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wrestling wasn't a glorified or isn't still a glorified sport. It's just not. You know, so I don't know. It's just that chip on your shoulder kind of thing. And that leads to entrepreneurship and having your own business and having the audacity to start something that no one else is doing. Or, right. You know, I'm, I don't know. It just yeah. it, it really does kind of go together, though. No, definitely. I'm, I'm all about the chip on the shoulder. I like that. I, I, I don't know. It's funny because boxing movies are, are personally my favorite because I love hearing or watching, I guess, you know, the stories of someone going through adversity, going through, you know, something tough and, and fighting back. I don't know. I'm a big, I'm a big boxing movie fan. So I kind of, I kind of get the analogy you're putting out there a little bit. Right. Well, and then something else I, I will mention too, um, because I definitely I love having these conversations and really get, you know, getting personal about things, uh, not so surface level. Um, yeah. but there's a lot of things I went through in my twenties. So again, I'm 33. Um, but I mean, within a couple of years, within about five years, basically, um, my uncle actually committed suicide. Oh, wow. Um, when, you know, back when mental health wasn't talked about very much. I mean, this mm-hmm. has been 14 years ago, 13 years ago. And then a couple of years later, my, my mom had, um, kind of, well, they said routine surgery, but it was, it was um, to remove a, a non-cancerous tumor from her brain. Um, and they said, you know, in three days, she'll be, able to, she'll be able to go to the movies and be fine. And it wasn't the case. She had, she ended up staying for a couple months and she's lost her short-term memory. Then the next year, my dad passed away with stage four pancreatic cancer. Um, that was all within a couple of years. So, you know, and I, I, I want to make sure I bring that up because I think there might be one person listening to this, maybe going through something like that. Um, those, I mean, you really have, you know, I, t- I talked to my kids that I coach um, and things like that. Uh, it, you have two directions, you know, there is no kind of middle ground with all that. Like you either go one way or the other. Um, and it's just important to try to stay grounded and things like that. So I know we kind of took a hard turn right there, but I do want to get that out there um, that, you know, adversity, there's just going to be adversity. I don't know how else to say that, yeah. um, whether this is impersonal, uh, but being able to go through that um, and go through tough times. And, you know, I have to credit my coach. My coach is in the Kentucky Hall of Fame, coach for four decades. And he put us through so much that, you know, I look at things I go through and things like that. And there's, I, and I'm not trying to downplay what I go, what I went through with my family and, and business yeah. and things like that. But I think when you're put in adverse situations, um, as you're, you know, in your childhood and your late teens, young adult, or, you know, young adult uh, age, then you're able to get through things later in life. I don't really know how to even explain that either. Um, but it's, I don't know. I just, I, I can, st- I can still hear his voice <laughs> mm-hmm. double single. Like, you know, I can just still, when I work out, like I'm at the gym, I can still act to this day, hear his voice, you know, and so, yeah. And it, and a lot of people impacted my life uh, with like my family and my dad and things like that. So I know it's long tail, but that's, you know, I think it's important. No, definitely. I mean, I, I come, you know, where I played basketball basically my whole entire life. And that was a huge part of my identity. It was a huge part of my life. And I still tell people all the time that I think a lot of what has shaped me to who I am today, whether that be, you know, my work ethic or teamwork or respectful, whatever you want to call it, all those different traits. I mean, I attribute all that to, to playing sports and to being competitive and going through adversity. And like you're saying, it's not the same thing as real life, but your mind starts to get trained a little bit in a different way. And I think that, I don't know, I think athletics um, and athletes, there is a edge that you're given from playing sports for a while and, and learning things that come with it. I mean, I think that's, that's a huge learning moments that you can take, you know, playing athletics and sports and all that. So. The other thing I would say that is gives you perspective. You know, if you, 
you know, if you go through something like that, like, you know, losing a parent um, or dealing with significant sickness of someone within like your, you know, your circle, um, you know, on the other side of it, like there is light on the other side of it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I know we're like going really, you know, really deep right off the bat here, but I think that's very important. I think, I think someone needs to hear that um, because again, business can really affect your mind, especially if you're an entrepreneur and it's something that you created and your identity is tied in it and things like that. I mean, but you just, you just listen to all the articles and all the podcasts and things like that about mental health, how entrepreneurs are more likely, um, you know, to kind of go through that self-harm and things like that. And it, it's just, it's just awareness. And I think we all need to be aware of that and just share our, our experiences. No, definitely. I mean, I, I've, I've actually never said this on the podcast, but I struggle with anxiety all the time. Like I actually have, um, it's homeopathic, but I have like homeopathic medicine for my anxiety. Cause since I was younger, I've kind of always struggled with it. Um, and I'll get panic attacks, anxiety attacks triggered from different things. Um, and I mean, no, I think they're talking about it and you see, I think a lot of too is you've now seen more influential people talking about it. So whether that be an athlete or a celebrity or a public figure, you know, a lot of people that, I don't know, I guess we put on a pedestal or think that they have no, um, nothing wrong with them or any blemishes or anything like that. I think them coming out and speaking about it is, is kind of opening that door to a lot of regular people. Um, talking about it. So no, I mean, I completely agree with you because I think it's real and I think it's great that, that more people are now creating a conversation around that. And the last thing on this is you can definitely look back to those experiences and apply it to present day in the future, you know, and you can take good out of something, you know, I guess that's negative that's happened. It's been negative in your life, you know, and just being able yeah. to put the script um, is a trait that you really, you know, you, I don't necessarily maybe think you're born with it. It's something you just have to go through and learn um, and then have a good foundation around you, good support system um, and just, you know, be able to weather those storms. Definitely. Definitely. No, completely with you. Um, well, that's cool to hear about it. And I mean, thank you for, you know, getting personal and, and sharing your story. Those are all things that are even new to me. So that's, you know, cool to hear about and interesting to hear about. And, and I just appreciate you sharing it. Sure. Um, so, Let's and for the listeners, kind of what we're going to do with this episode, just because I think there's a lot that Chris and I wanted to talk about and he kind of has his hands on a lot of different things. So we're kind of breaking it up into three separate conversations. But the first one we want to start with is, you know, Chris, what you're doing and how you're working with esports startups. So that's kind of going to be the, the first topic of conversation. We're going to dive in here. And so I think just a good starting point for it is if you can kind of just tell us, you know, how and when did you first get into the role of becoming an advisor for early stage startups or, you know, how did you enter that field? Uh, so very quickly, I was part of a fintech startup in 2016 uh, that was actually actually born on Twitch and, and then uh, transitioned onto Discord, uh, not involved in the esports space, um, but involved in kind of the trading community space. So a lot of experience from being a part of a startup and being a part of a phenomenal team uh, over there at Sin Trading. And just learning, just learning through that process. Um, let me go back before that, actually. Uh, my first business was in 2012 as a fitness business uh, where half the, I had a brick and mortar uh, gym and half the gym was for wrestling and uh, grappling training. And the other half was for like boot camp classes and personal training. Um, that was kind of my first endeavor. Um, and that failed within a year. And, I, and I, I'm telling you, I learned so much from that. Uh, people can say, you know, hey, you know, you go through a failure or whatnot, it's called a failure, but I really think it's just a stepping stone to the next thing. Um, mm -hmm. So I learned a lot just about managing the business and just uh, content and, and YouTube back then and things like that. Um, and what I learned from that transition to uh, the 2016 um, startup 
And just from that, being able to get a startup off the ground and make something profitable and not just an idea that never gets off the ground, um, leveraging that experience that I've went through and being able to apply that uh, to the esports space is really um, kind of the big picture, the, the meta of what I'm doing. And there's just so many amazing concepts and ideas out there that's uh, part of this new financialization of the esports space. But there's a, the conversations that I'm, I'm having with founders and organizations, companies that, you know, they don't know where to start. They, they're not sure about content, you know, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit, but being able to just get off the ground. And I know that may sound so simple, um, but getting something off the ground is much harder than it, than it sounds. Um, right. And just having, if you have that experience of, if you, there's um, an interesting concept called zero to one. Once you've created something from nothing, it's really plug and play. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and that may resonate with at least someone that's listening. Um, but once you've done that zero to one before um, in a business, or let me just say this as well, coaching is zero to one. So the, the, the students, the athletes have coached, they, let's say they come in as freshmen and they've never wrestled before. That's zero. Right. By the time they're seniors, they have a chance for a state title. That was the narrative when I was coaching, especially at Seneca High School, um, and then when I moved over to middle school coaching, I mean, that was, it was the same conversation. You're starting at zero. Here's the end game. By the last time you go to that state tournament, whatever the tournament was for that year, um, that you have a chance to win because of the time and effort you put in and the preparation that you, you went through. So, and it's really there's zero difference, um, when you're talking about startups and things like that, if you've been through that zero to one before, no, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying there's there is a big picture blueprint to kind of right. help with that. And the reason why I say that is because of the mistakes, as we mentioned earlier, you make <laughs> make mistakes every day. But right. being able to pivot, being able to move, I mean that's what it's all about. So uh, again, another long answer, but that's the best way I can frame it. Yeah, no, I mean I think a big part of it too is just starting. I think a lot of people just have an idea formulating in their head and they don't just start for whatever what reason. Um, but like you're saying, just starting with zero and then actually putting it out there and just beginning, I think is, is a huge step. So, um, and, and then with, with those, the startups that, that you work with right now, are those primarily in the tech and esports space or is it just startups in general or, or, or kind of what does it look like? Yes. Very, it's a great question. Uh, very focused. It's all esports. Okay. Uh, okay. Now, of course, within esports, you have your subsectors. Um, so just just to, to kind of talk about a couple of uh, kind of big pictures of some of the companies to work with, AI company, uh, big data, um, education company, um, branding company. There's just a number of different things uh, across the board that I work with, mm-hmm. but mainly mainly tech space, um, which is a lot of exciting a lot of exciting products um, as as well. So it, it, it's just really across the board across I would say you know six to eight different subsectors. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Okay. Um, and then as far as like advising them, is it, is it a lot on the content creation side, the marketing side, or kind of, you know, what is your niche as far as your advisor role with them? Yeah. Content creation, branding, uh, understanding platforms and the context, um, in which they're posting is okay. really important. And then just a content strategy as far as, um, you know, you know, I get this question a lot what platform should we be on? You know what? How much time should be focused on a particular platform and things like that? And I know we'll talk about that a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but that's that's really important. And because the other thing is that um, you know content and social media, a lot of times that's pushed down to the fifth or sixth or seventh line item. 
and a lot of conversations because yeah. people want to leave, leave, you know, people want to leave with product. But the issue is it's so much more, it's much more about your branding than the actual product itself. Because if people don't right. know who you are, if they don't know who you are, then you're just not going to be successful in 2020 and beyond. It's just not going to happen. Um, and yeah. I know that's a pretty big, you know, big thing to say. Um, but you've got to be very aware of your brand and you get the best product in the world. But if people can't see it, touch it, be involved in the process of your startup, then, you know, the other thing that is, that is if there's not a, you need to build a community around what you're doing. And I think that's very overlooked right? because you just want to go to, okay, here's the product. There we go. Like they expect something to happen. Um, you've got to build that community around whatever you're doing. And that's, again, that's what social media is. But again, that's just kind of a, a, a big picture perspective. Right. No, definitely. Okay. No, I think, I think that's a great, just for context wise, before we dive into the rest of all this, I thought that was a great starting point just to kind of, um, have some context of, you know, how you're working with them and where you're working with them. So that's, that's awesome to hear. Um, something I, that I, I go yeah, ahead. So like, as far as also partnerships, I think this is, this might be right, but right behind content is most important, especially in this, in the esports space, there's so many gaps and bridges that should be there that aren't there as far as like companies work with other companies and partnerships you've got to be partnered with other companies in your vertical really that's as far as content and partnerships if you can win in both of those areas you're going to win in esports i believe that whether like whether it's working with me or whoever it doesn't matter like you've got to have those partnerships because one conversation one post that gets you a partnership with another company that's that, that that's whether a startup or not that's in the same vertical that can both companies mutually benefit from one another. That is the end game. It really is. And, but right. again, if you don't have the content to put out there for the other company to see, oh wow, we should partner with them, you know, and kind of put gasoline on the fire. And I mentioned that mentioned that a number of times. You know, my job is to help put gasoline on the fire. Really. Right. And then so people, other people can see the fire. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying, right? Um, and that's just the partnership side of it, and coming together with other companies is is really important. Definitely. No. And I, and I mean, even this, you know, we talk about just being here on this podcast. I know when you and I were talking off the microphone, esports right now, the, the, and esports slash gaming, you know, as the industries continue to move, the more I think that people work together and collaborate, whether that be a partnership, whether that be something like this, like a podcast, um, you know, networking, I think all of us working together to bring up the industry is what's going to help it continue to push greater boundaries and just push further and further. Um, and, you know, so I think that's important. And, you know, I know that's something you and I had kind of talked about off the mic. Um, but I, I think it's something that's unique to the esports industry too, is that so many people actually are trying to collaborate with one another, help one another, give information and insight where they can. And people are very giving about it. As long as you come across in an authentic and genuine way, um, where I think that's not the case in a lot of other industries. And I don't know, I just think that's something that's cool and, and unique to esports. And I mean, it's a big reason why I love it so much. And something that's a great point, a couple things on that. So it's very similar to, so, so I'll say this, I didn't mention this earlier. First esports event I went to was 2005. So we're going on 15 years, or I'm sorry, right at 15 years. And it was mm-hmm. a game force. And it was a little, it was a little 15, $20 Smash Brothers Melee tournament. And, yeah. you know, I went with my brother and I, you know, I was like 19 or whatever it was. Um, that was 15 years ago. Right. So that, that is like the ultimate grassroots of grassroots, you know, mm-hmm. and and there's a language, there's a feel like when you talk to somebody, you can feel them out very quickly. Right. Yeah. And like you said, this industry more like 
Um, you know, there's other, other industries that are similar to this, but I feel this more than any of the other ones, it is about that relationship. Um, and that, again, there doesn't have to be a certain, like, I guess, resume or whatnot, but there has to be like this level of passion, like you mentioned, right. uh, in order for even a conversation to even make sense a lot of times, like you said. Definitely. Definitely. No, I'm with you. Definitely. Um, okay. So let's hop into, um, something I wanted to talk about that I've heard it on a few different conversations, but you know, especially now in esports, where we're talking about so many different founders and so many different ideas and, and businesses being built and being pushed out there. I've seen a little bit of this conversation, but not much. So I want to chat on it with you is, you know, raising capital in this industry and market. Um, so first off, just a question I want to ask you is, you know, do you think we're, we're kind of stuck in an era right now where a lot of founders, especially I think younger founders maybe think that you have to raise money in order to be, you know, in order to create a successful business within esports or within gaming. I'm really glad you're throwing this out there because I made a post a couple of days ago about this. You do not have to raise money to start a company. Yeah. I am so adamant about this. I get a little out of control maybe, <laughs> but you don't, <laughs> you do not. Yeah. The way you the way you can start is make content. That's the here's what's interesting. That's like the new like IPO. Like that's the new way to say, hey, here we are. It's all free. Like yeah. all it's it's all free, but it's work. That's the thing. Like it's work to get that out there. It doesn't matter what plat LinkedIn, LinkedIn, TikTok, Twitch, live streaming eight hours a day. It doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter if you're in cooking, gaming, whatever. I mean, you can get the mm -hmm. content and get noticed um, not just people not just for people to just hit the follow button and get a million followers but again for the partnerships and everything else that comes with that so you don't you don't have to raise money i'm not saying raising money is bad um, right and, and and i can't i can't kind of go down this row without talking about this um look the last recession was in 08 that's been 12 now 12 years ago the environment we are in, and I could talk about this for about four hours because finance is another passion of mine. That's in my blood. Um, <laughs> we are, we are, and everybody thinks that their idea deserves a multi-million dollar valuation, and yeah. they can make a deck, they can make a deck of nine page and send it to someone and get their that valuation. That's what we're that's that's what we're living in right now. That's what we've lived in for a while. That's been more than a decade. Uh, low interest rates and all that. I don't want to get into economic stuff because we'll be here forever. Um, right, right. Which is big picture. That's where we're at. People think that they people that people just feel like they deserve these, you know, these valuations that are absolutely ridiculous, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, and that's just where we're at, you know. So, you know, as an investor, you have to be very careful. I mean, at this point, right? I mean, again, big picture. I'm not trying to call an Armageddon, things like that. All I'm saying is you you have to tread lightly. And I think people look, here's the other thing. Don't I really don't care if people agree with me or not. Uh, not that I'm trying to be mean to anyone, but you have to you have to be able to disconnect yourself from judgment mm -hmm. of other people, especially right now. Because right now it's like, oh, this is great, this and that and this and that. Let's just do all this. Um, right. You have to be very so you have to be very selective, I think, especially when you're you're talking about um, take putting capital in in any market. Forget about esports, but any market at this point, um, you have to be very diligent, in my opinion. Um, so people Definitely. can disagree with me, but that's my opinion. Yeah, no, no, definitely. I mean, I mean, I agree with you. I definitely think that you like you're saying, it's not as if raising money is bad and we're not saying that's a horrible thing to do, but I just 
think a lot of people are stuck in the thought that you have to, um, which is a lot different than choosing whether or not to. So um, that's interesting. Okay. And then to stay on that topic just for a second longer, you know, what do you think? And I know you've touched, you've worked a little bit on the investing side as well as, you know, on the advising side, but you know, if you are a young founder and and I wanted to talk about this because I think there are a lot of young founders out there in the esports space. So that's why I wanted to touch on this for a little bit. But so let's say you are a young founder out there in this esports space and you're listening. You know, what are some important things that you would note if you are pitching to VCs, you know, whether they be venture capitalists or other investors? You know, what do you think are some do's or don'ts um, within the esports landscape? Uh, the number one thing that will stand out is be a human being. Don't be so tied to your deck and numbers that you come off as a robot. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm speaking for myself on this, being on the other side of it. So that's that's the first thing that comes to mind for me, a human being, and be able to articulate your story versus your random projections. And, I, and I'm not being – again, projections aren't bad. It's not a bad thing. It's part of it. I understand that. Um, but be a human being. Be able to articulate – uh, your value add um, and your story because that, that is very important versus, okay, here's a nine-page deck. I deserve a five-million valuation. Where's my money? Right. I'm sorry I could come up. I'm sorry I'm coming off like this, but that's just, you know, again, that's the that's the nature of this market right now. Um, and you will stand out if you, um, and you have to at this point because, again, everyone's raising money. Everyone's got an amazing idea. You know, everything's going mm -hmm. to the moon. That's what we're in right now. Um, so you have to stand out. And if you can come off as a human being, with, with some data, data's fine. Right. Um, but if you can change it up a little bit. Um, and also, the other thing, you know where I'm going with this, already have a foundation built. You can make content. Like, it's like, okay, well, we got to go get money. We had to raise at this valuation, whatnot, before we start anything. Mm -hmm. I think that's the total opposite approach. You should be out there hustling. You should be out there uh, putting yourself out there in, in the form of content on all major platforms, or at least a few, right? Right. Um, contextually to where you're posting. Um, and then that's going to create that creates equity without even without even raising money. Absolutely. But for brand equity. Yeah. And I think brand equity, like you're saying, in today's market is huge, um, mm -hmm. considering everyone is on social media 24 seven. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, OK, no, that's interesting. So so for anyone listening that maybe you're a young founder and you are considering raising capital, you know, hopefully that provides um, a little bit of insight to you guys. Um Along that, you know, I want to talk about this because I really just kind of want to get your opinion, your thoughts on it, really, and just chat about it is, you know, Silicon Valley, especially if we're going to talk tech and esports, whether you're raising capital, whether you're just starting a business, you know, a lot of people, if you're over there, there are definitely connections, there are face-to-face -face interactions you can have, there's people you can get connected with that, that give you leverage, um, but what are your thoughts with people thinking that they have to move out west in order to be successful? Um, or how are you kind of seeing more businesses within esports getting popped up around different parts of the United States and not necessarily having to go, you know, out to LA, for example? Uh, I think the whole concept of I have to move out to Silicon Valley to have a successful startup is an excuse. Yeah. I think, I think excuse, um, people are just over leveraging themselves to try to just be in a physical environment to say, hey, we've made it, we're here. Um, again, let me back up a little bit. Nothing's wrong with Silicon Valley, okay? I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that's an excuse to not get started where you are. Okay, yeah. more time, I mean, right now it's 2020. Right now, this day, this time, the second is the best time to start an online business, to start your branding. You know, and every day that goes by is the next best day to get started. 
So yeah. that, that really is the mindset you have to have. And you can start a business from anywhere. Unlike 25 years or 30 years ago, it was, total, it was just a totally different situation. And only the elite could at that point. Right. Um, you know, but the way communication is now, you can start it from anywhere. And if you're not, you're just making an excuse. Because all the information, as far as information is concerned, guess what? It's, you know, you can go and search it. <laughs> yeah. Right. You can go on Google or YouTube or whatever and find the answer to basically everything out there. You know, it, you know what I'm saying? So like all like the micro questions and stuff like that, you can do that on those platforms. So, you know, there really is no excuse in 2020 to not to, to like, oh, well, I don't live in a certain place. I can't have a startup. You know, right. I have an idea, but I can't implement it. You you can you, you are able to implement it, um, but again, there's going to be work that you're going to have to understand of how to um, be able to post on different platforms and things like that. Definitely, definitely. No, it's it's interesting actually. I was watching last night on Netflix. There's a documentary series called The Two Thousands. I don't know if you've ever seen this, um, and they have one on the music industry and when MP3 files came at all in and all that. But you know, you hear from a lot of I think someone that was talking um, was Kanye West that talked about how Justin Bieber got founded on YouTube just because he took advantage and leveraged the fact that the middleman is pretty much cut out and, you know, you can create all the content you want to create and just push it out there and see what happens. And, you know, I kind of think that's where I generated this question from a little bit. And I think that you speak heavily on it is just that, you know, just start putting out content, start putting out what you believe and like you're saying, create that that brand and that's all sweat equity. That's all things that can later on lead to something else, you know? So exactly. Um, okay. And, and then last question here before we hop into the content creation, cause I think a lot of these questions, you know, we're kind of leading to the content creation side is, you know, what are some common mistakes or not even maybe mistakes, but misconceptions maybe that you're seeing, um, startups make in today's day and age? Uh, yes, yeah, so going back to the whole, okay, we have to raise money before we get started. I think that's stalling a lot. Um, and um, the other thing is too, is over leveraging, moving too fast, um, you know, try, basically using debt to fuel what they're doing. Again, I'm not saying all debt is bad, uh, but just being a little more conscious of if you're if you're looking long term five plus years, which I know in this day and age that is <laughs> no <laughs> no one cares about five years from now or plus, right? Um, but you do have to have that in mind, um, you know. Or we just don't know. I mean, again, not Armageddon stuff, but we just don't know when um, you know the next recession is going to happen. We don't know when the next downdraft is going to happen. When capital will literally dry up. And you know, a lot of these young founders um, they didn't go through a so. I mean, for those of us that went to 08, that had money in the market, things like that, that were actually affected by it, we remember. We remember, right? Mm -hmm. There's still scars there, like just just going through it, right? Um, and but that's been 12 years ago. So there's a, a, a just a, and it's interesting because in the esports space, it's you know uh, a lot of founders are you know younger than 30. A lot of times, not all guys. I don't mean you know all of them, but. It, yeah. it's, it is significantly younger than other industries, I would say, um, right. just, just how it's worked out. So, you know, so you have that lean and that's this comes up a lot, just kind of um, looking at the conversations that I'm having, things like that, that it's like, OK, they haven't been through. They haven't been through that before. So right. that's just I think that's a bigger picture thing to think about, um, but something to have and looking back at history and, and not letting history repeat itself. Right. History rhymes. Right. It doesn't exactly repeat. Um, that's something to keep, just keep in mind. Um, yeah. if you're a, 
esports space and giving yourselves outs as well. Uh, I don't know if anybody's a poker player, but yeah, giving yourself outs, right? You don't just want one out. You don't mm-hmm. want a 2% chance. <laughs> you don't want, you know, one, <laughs> you want, you know, you want to give 30%, 40%, 50%, right? Versus I have one out, you know, give me 18 outs instead. Um, so just into, and diversifying yourself. Um, and, and, you know, and you can, it's interesting, you can diversify yourself within your own business. I think that might go down uh, kind of interesting details there, but you're just able to do that and not over leveraging yourself. As I mentioned earlier, that's, that's just really important because we just don't know, um, you know, when the, when the capital is going to dry up. Definitely. Definitely. No, I think that's, that's great words of advice. Um, that's awesome. Well, let's, let's move into the content creation side then. Cause I think a lot of these questions were kind of just, just ready to tackle the content creation conversation of this all. And, and somewhere just, this is a real quick question, but cause I think, let me just go ahead and ask you. So first off, mm-hmm. what do you think counts as content creation? Cause I think a lot of times when people hear this, they think they have to come up with an articulate two to three minute video and, and make five of them a day. Um, but you know, what do you, what do you consider for your, your posting, your content? What do you consider content creation? Uh, it could be as little as, uh, two words. Yeah. You I agree make, with you. So you can make a piece of content in two seconds. Yeah. I think a tweet, do you think a tweet is considered content creation? Yes. Okay. I do too. Yeah. Uh, it's a thought and time. Now, some people might disagree. Uh, now it's obviously a different type of content, right? Yeah. Um, I think there is something to be said about making different types of content. Um, you don't want to just have, you know, <laughs> you don't want to just be on LinkedIn putting two word pieces <laughs> yeah. 18 times a day. Um, but you know, here's the thing. If it's something you feel you want to post that's contextual, post it. Definitely. Two words, two words. Some of the, you know, and again, you're not necessarily going for reactions. Like I know that the backlash on me saying this maybe, but um, you know, some of the most reacted to and um, I don't even know how I exactly word this, but um, some of the, some of the pieces that are out there, it's, there's only two, three, four words in the content and you get mm-hmm. the most engaged, you get the most engagement sometimes with that. Um, but it's just, you know, what your thoughts are. Thing people appreciate putting things out there um that are your thought that are your true thoughts and it's not something that's high production that you've tried that you put together and it's taken nine, 95 days um there's right. nothing inherently wrong with it but there is a kind of a veil to high production value content so again now we're talking about tiktok in a minute but like you know with tiktok that's why it's that's one of the reasons it's been so powerful among others of course but you know, you can make something in two seconds and it puts the power in the content creator because you're able to create things on the fly um, that actually has, you know, some production value as far as video and things like that. You don't need editing software to make it, you know, you're able to make, you know, quick production, you know, within just a couple of seconds. Right. Um, but, you know, and I, and it's also funny, I know I'm going kind of all over the place with this, but like also with like with LinkedIn, you know, there's this big uproar about, you know, LinkedIn becoming Facebook and people, put, you know, having emotions on there. People don't like that. Like there's a big, you know, right. <laughs> have an uproar going on over there. Um, but the people that are kind of saying that, uh, you know, I'll say this the way I can, you know, hopefully I can say this in a way that uh, people understand, but they're just going to have to get over that because it's not going the other way. Like it's not right. going back to the job board. Right. You know, you know what I'm, I don't know how to really... <laughs> No, no, no. I get what you, just, I completely get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going the other way. So, you know, in TikTok, the way LinkedIn is changing, it's, it's, it's authentic, you know, being authentic. Um, 
authenticity is going to another level compared to what it was five or six years ago. And why the, the reason why I also say this is I'm going back to the mental health thing. Who talked about mental health a lot 15 years ago? None. Not me. Not none, but not very many. Right. Right. Not very many. But now it's more of a culture movement, right? Um, where people are more free to talk about that. Do you know what I'm saying? So this is so yeah. much bigger than okay, this platform, this platform. Um, this is just a, a culture shift as far as what people are sharing, how they're sharing it, um, and how people are how they're being receptive uh, to seeing that type of content. So again, going back to three three words is content. Right. No, 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 definitely. I, I agree with you. I think that I think that sometimes we overcomplicate, you know, quote, being a content creator, that whole sort of thing. So no, that's interesting. Um, and, and then just real quick to just for context again, because obviously we're learning about you. Um, what platforms do you mainly focus on right now? Uh, LinkedIn is number one, way at the top. Um, I have a fairly new brand and level up experience. Um, so we have a, a LinkedIn live stream that that we've had for a couple weeks. Uh, bringing on um, esports industry thought leaders, professionals, teams, organizations, players, entrepreneurs, um, kind of interview style. We're also doing kind of ask me anything throughout the week and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so LinkedIn is number one for me personally, um, just based on, you know, it's situational as well. It depends on who you are, who you're trying to reach and things like that. Um, right. But LinkedIn and then uh, also on TikTok, uh, level up experience on there as well. But yeah. And, you know, as much as I talk about TikTok, I need to be making more. We all need to be making more on there. Like we're all making a mistake not making 10 videos a day on there. Like I am, I'm very behind and I'll call myself out. Like I am, I am, you know, losing a ton of brand equity by not posting 10 times a day. You definitely have the people that are posting 10 times a day. Cause if you go to the, <laughs> if you go to the people that have the higher following counts, um, you know, you see their stuff pop up in your for you page a lot, but then you go to their profile and you can scroll pretty long because you realize that in just a couple of months, they've got like 70, 80 videos out there because they're posting so many every single day. Um, right. And again, it's it, it it is it is impossible to be everywhere all the time. Right. Like that, right. that's not you know, I know you can do the auto schedulers and things like that, but that's still I don't feel like auto scheduling is you being present. Right. I just agree. because I, you know, just because I post and, you know, I use an auto scheduler to post three times a day on eight platforms and it says the same thing. I'm not really posting on eight platforms, really. It's really I made one for one platform and copy pasted across seven others and it's not contextual to that platform. You right. Know? Which goes into my next question was I was going to ask you is, you know, why do you think it's important to talk, interact, post, you know, differently on each different platform? I think, with, I think it goes back to talking about, you know, talking about startups and the esports space about what the number one thing was for founders, and that's to be a human. If you're yeah. auto scheduling, you know, that's a bot. In, in, you know, in essence, that's not being a human. You are using auto scheduler. I know they're <laughs> always auto scheduling <laughs> platforms. Like, oh man, you know, they're mad at me. Um, again, not inherently bad. They have they have the niche of how to use them, things like that. But you want to have as much human element as possible. And people, again, as you mentioned, people can get a feel for if it's a human or not, especially right. people that are on social media a lot and that, you know, they're on their business for their business or whatnot a lot. And just they, they can just feel the way someone's posting. You really can feel it out. There is a read on, oh, yeah, that's that's a bot, you know, mm-hmm. or that's scheduled. Oh, wow. They're actually in the comments. Like they're actually making a comment to every single comment on their comment. 
<laughs> right. You know, and like there, there is a relational side of this is where I, I just don't understand. People don't feel they can build relationships on social media. You are wrong. Now, I usually don't, I'm usually pretty soft, <laughs> like when I say right or wrong, but you are absolutely wrong if you think you can't build relationships on these platforms. It's just, it really is just dead wrong. And it's one of the excuses people make, oh, well, you can't build relationships online. Yeah. No, I mean, I know, just, I, I, know I definitely have um, <laughs> that's, I people mean, that's I've never met, met that's before. How, that's how we met. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, LinkedIn yeah, like you're saying, it's really just a, you're wrong and not in a mean way. But I mean, if you think about it, LinkedIn is so you can meet people and it's mm-hmm. a social media platform. So it definitely falls under that umbrella. So Yeah, we, won't, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah. If it wasn't yeah. And once you – again, once you've felt it, once you've felt the power of that or, or, or whatever platform you're on and you like you've, you developed you know, a relationship from it, then you're like, oh, yeah, I get it. You know what I'm saying? But if you haven't been through that experience before – then yeah, it's easy to say, oh, that doesn't work. Or you kind of make excuses like, oh, it's not for me and things like that. Um, yeah. So once you've done something, once you're like, okay, that makes sense. Definitely, definitely. Um, and I think we touched on this already, but we'll, we'll hover over it real quickly is, you know, when we talk about just starting and just beginning um, and just leveraging all the uses that social media has right now and the fact that you can just put anything out there Yet, you know, you just see a lot of people either formulating or sitting on their ideas really long. You know, what words of advice maybe you have for someone who's scared or who's afraid of judgment or, you know, anything like that of actually putting that content out there? Man, that, <clears throat> it, that you know, it's funny. You can take this question two different ways, but one way is kind of surface level and say, okay, we'll just post, like, get over it kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, just post what you think. But I think that's harder. That's harder to do than uh, than it said. Um, but it's more of an inner thing. It, this is so much more about, um, like you mentioned, as far as judgment and things like that. Like it, you won't start until you get a, a handle or a grasp on, wow, someone's going to disagree with this post. Like once you come to that realization and you're still able to post, that's when you can go to another level with your content creation. Yeah, and, and again, that sounds so basic, but once you're past all that, um, and here's the other thing, I do think that you'll you're never completely a hundred percent immune to what people say about you. Right. Now, some disagree with me, um, but you might get to ninety nine point. You want to get to ninety nine point nine 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 as fast as you possibly can, and if the faster you get to that nine 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 nine, right, the more you're going to actually want to post. This is so psychological. This has nothing to do with like little tactics and like what to do or what t- what time of day to post. And you know what I'm saying? Like everyone's kind of focused on that stuff. Like right. I, get, I, get, I get questions like, oh, what time is it best to post? Well, it's like, well, I'll tell them. And it's like, well, they don't post anyway. Exactly. <laughs> like, or like, a lot oh. of times I've posted on those times that are, are best to post and I've had low engagement posts. And then other times where I really just the algorithms, I know a lot of people have a lot of theories and studying behind the algorithms but i mean me personally i just kind of think you can't you can't dial down on exactly how the algorithm works for any site in my opinion well and like as you know the algos are changing yeah so So even if you know today tomorrow it can change so if you're not if you're not quick if you don't have some speed as far as how you're posting and that's sorry to go another another side of this but like if you're not you talked about three word posts but then long form, you know, like, you know, 1300 character posts, 
with like random emojis and stuff like that. If you're already posting across a broad spectrum, like you're very diverse in how you post and you know, you, you, you spend some time, you do spend some time, like not so much about production, but actually digging into your, like your heart, and digging into your mind on some posts as well. Like I do think there's value there as well. So you kind of have a, a broad aware, array of how you're communicating with others because people learn differently. People connect with you differently. So therefore, um, again, this kind of goes down to the whole don't cater to other people. I do believe in that, but there is a strategy to, um, you know, post differently. And we talked about context and things like that. I think, I think there is something there. Uh, yeah. The other thing for me, I just think it's fun. Like, I just think it's fun to post differently. I don't want to post the same post every day or once a week or an auto schedule or right, maybe right. that's just me. I just think it's fun. I think it's interesting. Um, and then just to kind of take that engagement and then, the one thing I want to get out here real quick is that when somebody comments on your – like you make a post and someone takes their time to comment on your post. Now, I get – if you got multi, multi-million followers on TikTok, that's impossible. There's just too many comments. But if you're on LinkedIn, you're just getting started. If someone comments on your post, you better comment back. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like that's a little bit of a challenge. Like, you know, I see that a lot. It's like, well, you know, you can't get started. And it's kind of slow. Like, you know, that's – it's one relationship at a time. It's one person at a time. It's one company at a time. That's how you have. To, that's how you build a business. Um, that's how you build community, and that's how you're going to be able to build that brand. Um, because again, you're being a human being. A human took time, and time is really the only thing that's we're running out of every single day. And they took their time to post on my post. Yeah. We, you, know, you know, comment on them like, or something. You just do an emoji. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, but at least acknowledge it. Um, and I think that's one of the mistakes. That's one of the mistakes. There's been plenty of times where I've, uh, you know, I'll use LinkedIn as an example. I mean, I've commented on people's stuff and not gotten any engagement or reaction back. And it's from somebody that only had three comments total on their post. And I think that's mm-hmm. something you kind of want to lean away from because I don't know, it, it doesn't make me not want to comment on their stuff in the future, but it kind of, you know, I like commenting and engaging with people's posts who first off obviously have, you know, an informative and, and a post that I like or that I connect with, but it's even better when I can connect with that post and I comment and I know that I'm going to get at least something back and, and have a little bit of conversation. So, um, right. Yeah. The, yeah. And it's, and it's just another opportunity to engage, you know, yeah. but again, going back to it, that just, that takes time and there really isn't a bot out there that is going to show, you know, being human other than just being human and posting yourself. Right. Right. Definitely. Um, okay. Well let's hop into TikTok. And talk about this for for a couple of minutes here. So first off, and we're just gonna go ahead for time's sake. I think I'm gonna put this just kind of a two part question and let and get your thoughts on it. You know, how do you see TikTok developing as a social media platform for gaming and esports, and then you know specifically maybe esports teams? Because I know that's something that you're kind of um, hot and passionate about right now. Well, number one, I want to get out there that, that TikTok is very actively pushing gaming, um, and not necessarily pushing esports specifically on the platform but during the game awards if you guys noticed there was this uh, banner on there like gaming on tiktok and so there there is a push for that and that's not going to stop so you mm-hmm. also want to look at you know what the, what is a platform wanting to to push essentially if that makes sense um so they're going to be putting um you know they're going to make the, the the platform contextual to that industry so i just want to lay yeah. that, that that framework and that groundwork so if you can align yourself with what the platform's trying to push, you're gonna win for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes I don't know if that makes sense. No, that does. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
and of course, gaming isn't the same as esports, right? Obviously, um, and that we can go down a whole another conversation point on that. Um, but it's being it's being pushed on there, and I just wanted to get out there real quick that 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 gaming and esports is quite it, it might be the best type of content you can post on TikTok. Like even if I was even if you're someone that's not even in the space, just have like let's take Fortnite. Fortnite is so visual. It's something that you do like a 15 second clip, right? It stands out in the feed, doesn't it? Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, to me, it does. Even if I don't really know what it is, it's just it's you know what I'm saying. It's just it really stands out. It catches your attention, and if you're making posts and things like that, you're you're that's part of what you're doing, really. It's all about attention. Right. Social media is about attention, and that's what that's about. I mean, it's just and then it's again you have to be in the space, but like people, it's so popular, like all the downloads and things like that. Um, that people are just going to like, oh, wow, there's Fortnite, Fortnite, Fortnite. You know what I'm saying? And on yeah. top of that, TikTok is – I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's it's geared towards um, you know that 15 to 25 range. It right. is a very high number, of course, so the engagement is going to be at a level. So that's another reason why gaming and esports is the perfect kind of industry and perfect bubble kind of to be posting within um, because that's who's on there. Right, right. And then as far as teams, and I know that, you know, I think TSM the other day got on there. You see other teams on there. You know, how do you see esports teams using TikTok as a main social media platform? Yeah, TSM, Space, uh, Space Station, 100 Thieves. Um, there's about roughly, you know, I made a post on LinkedIn. Um, there were seven. And then we had a couple comments, things like that. So there's around probably 13 to 15 or so. And there might be a little bit more. Um, mm -hmm. But you think about all the teams out there, like that's nothing. Um, the other thing is some of these teams have only posted one or one to four videos. Um, I think I think 100 Thieves has has 100,000 followers and they posted about 180, 190 videos. So there's only really a couple of teams on mm -hmm. all of TikTok, on all of TikTok that have really posted um, a good number of content. And here, here's the other thing that I want to kind of get out there is that these teams, you think about this, one of the one of the issues with, you know, posting content and things like that is actually having the content. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Think about this. Think about all the hours of content these teams have. Right. I mean, think about one streamer. Think about think about Nate Shot. Think about Nate Shot. How many how many hours of content does he have? Yeah, endless hours to pick from. <laughs> I don't even. I, I got to try to do the math in my head. I'm like, oh no, my head's gonna explode. Um, think about how many 15 second TikToks he could do. Yeah, because you can upload past things, so it's not even like you got to sit there <laughs> and make something fresh. I mean, you can pull up an old video and remix it or add music mm -hmm. to it, chop it up. I mean, you can get creative mm -hmm. with it. Yeah, uh, like you know the, the trending music. Right, that's happening, and the trending hashtags and all that. And again, going back to the contextual on the platform and all that. But how many TikToks? I mean, millions, right? Yeah. Well, the ones like, that stand out to me the most in that idea is the ones that. Oh my God, what trend is it? Um, but basically, it's a lot of kids posting videos of their mom and dad, and it's all a bunch of old videos that have been now chopped up and thrown into a TikTok. And I forget what song or lyrical is playing in the background but mm -hmm. it's an example of tiktoks that are not being created that day it's just a bunch of old videos now being created into a post 
Exactly. So if you have, again, like VHS is sitting around and DVD, so you have so much content. But just going back to the teams, they have literally millions of TikToks. So for me to look at, you know, I don't know, this is kind of a challenge, I guess, but for me to look at these teams, right? And we just laid the foundation of TikTok is, you know, in my opinion, the best platform for esports teams to be posting. And I actually think it's not close. Um, one example I'll give you, I'll give you is, so I, I do have a TikTok. I've only done 51 videos, which I'm embarrassed. Um, but I've only I've got done less. Followers. Okay, okay, good. <laughs> which I'm embarrassed <laughs> again. You know, I'm such a small, small, small fish on there. Like it's not even funny to some of these creators and stuff. So I've got like 8,700 followers. Um, but you know, p- people have Jay Vincent's got two, over two million. Uh, Connor Alney, sh- shout out to Connor. Like he, he's really heading up the esports side. He has, he has, listen to this. He has half the views almost for esports. Hashtag esports. Yeah, I saw that, which is crazy. And hashtag, e- hashtag esports has like 55 million views, like total in the history of TikTok. And he's got like 25, roughly. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Like he's got half of them. Um, but like you look at, I made a post, right? I made a, a video. I put a video on uh, Twitter and I put that same video on TikTok. The video on Twitter. Now, both both accounts at the time had around, I think, you know, 50 followers on Twitter, like 40 followers on Twitter, went very much. And then on TikTok, it had maybe a couple hundred, maybe like 200. Um, mm-hmm. Video post on Twitter, got 14 views. Put that same video on TikTok, got 1.1 million. Yeah. Which is like huge. When people, when people hear that, they're like, oh, they're like, oh okay. <laughs> so, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Like, at any yeah. point in time, anyone can go viral. And I would consider that viral. It wasn't 10 million, but it was a million. That's you not how I'd consider it viral, yeah. <laughs> like, what? And I got another one with 600,000. I got another one with 300,000. So, right, right. you know what I'm saying? So it's just for, for these, for these teams, and this is just, this is just to push some teams, you know, push them a little bit for these teams, not to have a thousand videos is every team should have a thousand videos on TikTok. Yeah. Cause <laughs> they definitely sounds, have the content for it. So, yeah, right, right. You know? So, I mean, again, I'm not trying to call people out and stuff like that, but I'm just saying if, if, if a team had a thousand videos on there, you know, or even 500, they'd be the number one esports team as far as content on TikTok, right? So right, right now, like, it's all supply demand. Going back to you know finance things like that, it's all supply. Everything's supply demand, and the demand is so high for gaming and esports content just in general. I think right now, um, it, it, you know, what I'm saying so the demand is so high on that platform, and the fact that there's not many teams on there. People want to see behind the scenes with these teams. They want to see the players like being humans and having fun and cutting up with each other. And right. you know what I'm saying? Um, so if they're able to do that, and then or even clips like you know, and, and 100 things, 100 things have done a, done a great job of doing stream clips and things like that. But if one team just said, all right, we're gonna make we're making 20 a day, like there's there's one person, um, there's an admin or whatever that's cutting up all the content and putting on TikTok immediately, or we're going back through all the content over the last 10 years. Uh, I mean, how, how many, you know, how many clips does FaZe Clan have over the past decade? Yeah. For TikToks, you know? So, like, that's, it's it just, again, it's scarcity. No one's really, here's the other thing in, like, in business. Like, you go, you run to scarcity. You run right. to scarcity. So, if it's scarce, no, everyone's like, oh, no one's doing it. Okay, great. No one's doing it. Awesome. Like, a lot of people go, like, oh, no one's doing that. Thumbs down. You know, oh, Facebook's for college kids in 2004. Yeah, yeah. 2005, 2006. You you can you sign up with a college email back in the day. I I, I, was, I was a part of that. And they, oh, Instagram is just for photographers. Oh, really? You you see, what I'm saying it's the scarcity right. and the mindset of 
the general public's like, oh, it's for this, it's not for me. So it creates that scarcity. TikTok is still there, um, but you know, 1.5 billion downloads, it's not gonna be here forever. Um, so I'm just trying to create some urgency for these teams um, to really, you know, to get on there. And it's one of the best ways, especially for new teams. Here's the thing, if a new team, here, I think here's what's interesting is that a team that's been around for a while, uh, like 100 Thieves or something like that, they have a million followers on Twitter. You know, they have 2 million followers on Twitter. And you have to, you know, you have to, you know, FaZe has like 3 or 4 million. Like you have to kind of foster that community, right? You have to find, you can't just leave your Twitter followers and never right, you know, right. tweet again. You have to foster that. But if you're brand new, if you're a brand new team, you're all in on TikTok. Yeah, you should be putting a lot of content there just because, I mean, you, like you're saying, you the views are there. Yeah, yeah. I think especially okay. with so many kids that, you know, I shouldn't say kids, but a lot of times it is, you know, teenagers or, or kids in their 20s that are maybe younger and they're creating teams on Instagram or creating teams on Twitter. I think to your point, yeah, I think creating Instagram and Twitter would still be necessary, but I think putting a lot more content on TikTok and linking your Twitter and your Instagram to your TikTok account feeds those other social media platforms. And it's just kind of like, you know, a circle of content that, that's going around. And of course, you got to do it appropriately to each right. platform. Um, but I think, yeah, if you're a brand new team and you're looking to get as much, you know, putting posters out there, basically kind of if you want to give it that that image of just putting your name out there, I think you got to go TikTok. The other thing too, TikTok, the reason why it's, it's one of the reasons it's exploded is because it's, you can share your videos easiest on that platform than any other platform in the world. Mm -hmm. And when a lot of people hear, they're like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Like you can share it cross platform. There's less friction to post a video from TikTok on Instagram. It's literally just a couple clicks. If you're trying to take something from Instagram and put on Twitter, it's all messed up. If you've ever tried it before, it's just not clean. It's clunky. And they're like, we want to keep people on the platform. Well, really? TikTok is advertising itself. Yeah. Because it's really yeah. TikTok, TikTok in the corners, right? So it's you're, they're them taking the friction away from you know posting on Instagram, posting on Twitter is allowing other people to see it. Like they're stealing the real estate. That's what's right. happened. You know what I'm right. saying? So it's just really fascinating what's happening. So again, like you mentioned, you don't have to like completely you know not start any accounts if you're a brand new team or any other brand. I, you know, I don't want to say the whole like any other this or whatever but if we're just talking about esports teams you know you can start on tiktok and that's your i mean that's your home right that's your content home and then you just share you share right. across the platform. you're still exactly. building there because it's the easiest to share from tiktok to something else uh than any other platform definitely definitely no no I, I, big 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 time should be spent on um tiktok and i think the the viewers you can get all that like you're saying is huge um well, let's move to LinkedIn and we got, we're sitting about an hour. So let's, let's spend about five ish minutes on LinkedIn. And then I also want to get in real quick, um, to some traditional sports and esports, you know, those blending a little bit. Um, but on LinkedIn, I know we already talked a little bit on LinkedIn, so I kind of just want to dial it down to these two questions. Um, you know, what I think is important and want to get your thoughts is, you know, how do we get more streamers, content creators, pro players, on the platform, obviously you've got a lot of business professionals and people that work for, you know, whether you're a founder or you're working for HyperX or G Fuel or whatever, or you're working for a completely different company within the gaming and esports industry. I think a lot of those people are on there, but when you think about it from the streamer side or the content creator side, you don't see it much. Um, and I personally think that it's huge that streamers and content creators, pro players be on there because 
eventually your career is going to end. Eventually you're not going to be a streamer. You're not going to be a pro player. And if you want to stay in the space and you've got a passion for it while you are creating your own network through what you're doing on your channels, um, I think there's a lot of people on LinkedIn that if you began to network and connect with them and build those relationships early, it would set you up for jobs or other opportunities down the road. Um, so, you know, kind of what do you think about that? It's, it's such an interesting question. Um, and you can attack it in different, different ways, but it's like anything else as far as being diversified. Um, diversifying yourself off of Twitch, uh, diversifying mm-hmm. yourself off of YouTube. And as you mentioned, that transition from when you're done as whether whether it's as a streamer or uh, you know you're you're playing professionally in whatever game doesn't matter like you know there's an end to that at some point now you could argue as a gamer there's more like you can stream the lifespan of a streamer i think can be extended easier than a, than an esports pro right it's definitely longer you take a game like Smash Melee and the mechanics with that game and things like that and, you know, injuries and carpet tunnel and dealing with that, you know, the longevity of your career, um, you can just see just by the numbers, it, it, you just hit a, you just hit a wall at some point, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think that, I don't think the wall is that is as severe for just for a streamer in general. That makes right. sense. Right. I agree. Uh, I don't know. So it's just diversifying yourself like anything else, just bigger picture. Um, and just, you want to be, you want to be known across multiple platforms. I don't really know how else to say that. Um, and LinkedIn is so different. LinkedIn is different. And I'm telling you one, one relationship can change your streaming career, um, be, be involved in another esports org, whatever. It changes everything on LinkedIn and LinkedIn. You can get in front of people you never would have ever gotten in front of. I, I believe in that. Like right. I believe around the world not just in your state or your country i mean the the, you know the ability to connect with people around the world you would not get really in any other place on any other platform and i'll go back to this if it's posted correctly your stuff as a streamer shows up great on linkedin because guess what not many people post it exactly yeah so like like tiktok videos here we go again do very well on linkedin if they're posted right, right. If the engagement's really good. If it auto plays, and especially if there's captions, and we I don't we have to go into all that. But if it's posted correctly, there's a lot of engagement because again, the scarcity of you know, if everyone was posting a bunch of TikTok videos or just you know, or their YouTube videos or their Twitch videos, then it, there would be a lot of supply of it out there. But how many Twitch videos do you see? Yeah, not there? many. <laughs> like how many you know of you know of streamers actually posting a clip, you know, a 30 second clip. Um, I don't see very many of them. I mean, there's some, but there's, there's some, very, yeah. There's, there's, there might be few of those, fewer of those than TikTok. There's actually more TikToks than those. So you would stand out. Uh, again, so I, I use the analogy of, you know, if I have a basketball and I go to a court and no one's there to guard me, I'm going to win. Yeah. So exactly. You, you show up. <laughs> yeah, to kind of go along with your world, right? Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you go to LinkedIn, you're, you're a streamer. Uh, you're a YouTube partner, your partner on Twitch, and you take your content to LinkedIn, and you, and you really post the right way multiple times a day, things like that. You're going, you're going to do well, and you're going to be noticed because of the supply that's just not there. Well, I think a great example of that is Jade. You know, you talk about her coming over from TikTok to LinkedIn, and how mm-hmm. fast her LinkedIn grew, and and is still growing. And some people want to talk to her because she you know, was going, doing well on TikTok, researched it, understood it and brought that over to LinkedIn and nobody else was bringing that over to LinkedIn really at the moment. Um, 
and you know, I see her stuff. If there's a LinkedIn, if there's a TikTok post that comes up on my newsfeed, 95% of the time, either she has commented on it, been tagged in it, liked it, or it's because of her that it's popping up, you know, in my newsfeed. So, and then some other, I think, uh, Mayan Gordon, Jennifer Klein, those are some other, you know what I'm saying? Like there's this wave of, of TikTok creators, you know, mm-hmm. that, that have come to LinkedIn and that's the formula. Like they're showing, so I guess for streamers and content creators and other platforms, they have showed you this works. I think Jade has like 8,000 followers in, yeah. you know, months. And, and, and now on LinkedIn, okay, so to put that in perspective, like people are like, oh, that's nothing, you know. But see, here's the thing. I think you have to 10 or 15x. So it's like having 100,000 followers on Twitch. Or I'm sorry, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I, don't know how to, I do not know how to explain this, but like it's like – Having 10,000 followers on LinkedIn is like having 100,000 on Twitter. Right. Like, right. The, I don't, the impact or something. I don't know how to explain that at all. I get what you're um, saying, though. Yeah. Okay. Um, it is just so, I just feel that, that LinkedIn is so, man, it's so hard to explain, but it's your, it's more tighter knit. And I'm not, I'm not putting down Twitter and stuff, but like this more, I don't, I really don't know how to explain this, but like it really is, um, it's a different feel, and and I would say it's about a 10x difference between the yeah. two. Yeah, <clears throat> no, I definitely agree. I love LinkedIn. I'm on there a lot. You know, I find myself on there on the weekends a lot. I see a lot of people posting about that. You know, as to whether or not you should post on the weekend. I, th- I think it just, you know, we won't go over it again, but I think it kind of just goes back to you know how we we're talking about. You know, you should post when you want to post, post what you want to post. Um, all that. I see a lot of people active on LinkedIn on the weekend, which is something that I think maybe you didn't see five, six years ago on LinkedIn. Um. But it's just really becoming popular, I think, within a lot of people. So the other thing um, I want to mention was uh, just real quick that you know Microsoft owns LinkedIn. Microsoft bought LinkedIn, and and I know a lot of people know that, but some don't. So they bought them a couple years ago, and they're slowly putting their footprint on LinkedIn. They've come out and said that like it's a very slow transition as far as video being native a couple years ago and all that. And now LinkedIn Live came out in February. Uh, you know I've done about six or seven streams on there. I think LinkedIn Live is going to be incredible. I had someone come on the stream and say, you know, it's not going to be good. And this is clunky and all this. It's not going to make it. It's kind of the same thing people say about every platform for the mm-hmm. last 15 years, you know. So I just think that's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. No, and, yeah. and I think one more thing just to touch on real quick about LinkedIn is just the accessibility that you have to talk to so many different people. Um you know, whether that be someone that's a lower level employer or a CFO or founder or president, I just think there's a lot of people that if you shoot your shot, you, you can have conversations with. Maybe it's only a five or 10 minute conversation, but it's a five or 10 minute conversation that I don't think any other platform would have created or any of the situation would have rarely created, you know, um, whether that be trying to find a sponsorship, whether that be, you know, if you're in esports or, or gaming and you're just trying to be more knowledgeable about the industry or to find someone from a podcast or to write an article on. I mean, there's just so much accessibility with people on there um, that's so different than if you were to like DM somebody on Instagram or on Twitter. Especially if it's someone within your niche. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I, didn't identify, I didn't go on there, make sure it's known on your profile what niche you're in. Um, cause then you're kind of LinkedIn's a niche, but then you drill down to even micro niche. So I think it's important. Right. Right. Um, okay, cool. Well, we will get into the lightning round here in a second. I do want to, Chris, I want to go back to our guest question, um, and answer that for him really quickly. So again, this was from Kyle Morelli 
And so, Chris, his question at the end is, based on your experience, what U.S. state or even city would you say has had has the biggest impact on the future of the industry and why? Um, and, of, of course, I think this will kind of probably be subjective. Um, but, yeah, if you want to take a whack at it and you want me to go first, whatever you'd like to do. I want to let you go first. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I've thought about it. Kyle, I think this is a great question, by the way, because I think especially when you're talking about earlier or we brought up earlier, you know, everyone thinking they have to be in LA or New York or something like that. You know, I think a city that's kind of on the come up with this or has been is Atlanta. And I mean, you think about all the things that are going on in Atlanta, whether it's the Overwatch League team they have, whether it's now FaZe having the Call of Duty team there, um, it already being such a, a mecca for the entertainment industry and different laws and, and tax laws and things like that that play a favor to the esports and gaming industry on top of the fact that there's so many people within Atlanta that are, in my opinion, very passionate and you see a lot of people working within within the industry there. I personally think Atlanta is, is, is already there and is only going to continue over the next few years to be a prominent and, and attractive city for esports. Um you know, it, you know, that's just kind of off the top of my head. That's that's the city that I definitely definitely see, you know, coming up with that. And the one thing I would say up for California is, you know, that's the high state tax, the cost of living and things like that. I just I really do. There's a lot of conversations going around kind of an exodus um, of people from California. And there's a lot of restrictions on business and things like that. Um, I think it's going to play a role. And, I, and that, that's I, that might be a little bit what you're seeing as well. Um, you know, to another city like Seattle um, comes to mind. Um, but of course, Atlanta, um, you know, they've had a lot of success. So it, it, it's going to be in- interesting to see. I don't think it's the default answer. Like all kind has to be, uh, you know, somewhere in California. Right. You know, I think there's this 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 other bigger umbrella conversation of kind of the restrictions, um, high tax, things like that in California. So that organizations can get started, ground up somewhere else. So uh, also got some contacts in Toronto. Don't overlook Toronto. Um, they're doing a lot of really cool things uh, there in Canada. So it's. There's just, it's, I hate to say a number of places, but they're just popping up. Um, and it's yeah. really, you know, it's, it's really neat. I've heard Austin, Texas too. You know, I, I actually, there's someone that was a past podcast guest and there's a lot of streamers and content creators moving to Austin because they have, they were one of the cities selected for Google fiber. And so, you know, they have high internet speeds and it's a fun and young city. So I've also heard Austin, Texas is, is going to be a good city for that. So that's just one more. And we're trying to push Louisville, man. <laughs> there you go. I, I, I'm a you know, University of Louisville grad that I mentioned earlier. Uh, so we're trying to push Louisville and get Louisville on the map. So where somebody asks that question, they say Louisville. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but Kyle, hopefully, again, thank you for the review. I hope that answers your question a little bit, gives you a little bit of of insight. Um, Chris, before we get to the Lodges Light Seven, um, I, I I typically just let guests have a second real quick if there's anything that we didn't talk about or highlight or something you want to reiterate really quickly before we hop into the light seven um just want to give you that opportunity for sure um going back to content as soon as you get to that 99.99 percent of not caring about judgment from other people the sooner you will be able to build your brand the sooner you're going to be able to lift your startup off the ground that really is the key uh, to a lot of success, not just in esports, but just in general, just building a brand in general. And I, I think it's very important. It's not going to change. It's going to get te- technology is disrupting everything. It's destroying industries that 
people never thought would happen. Um, and it, it and it's coming for everything. Technology is going to eat everything. You talked about the middle earlier. Technology is eating everything in the middle. And you said, you know, we talked about earlier how brand is just so important. Um, because, you know, you take a look at, it's funny, my, one thing I'll add to this is my, so my five-year-old, he loves the uh, Google Home with the, the Lenovo screen. It's actually kind of a new device. Um, and he's using the audio. He's like, hey, Google this. Hey, Google that. Mm-hmm. And you tell him what to do. And like Google Assistant's built into it. And, you know, there's a five-year-old doing that. Do you think they're ever going to go back? Right. To not having an audio assistant to tell them what to do. <laughs> and you know what he does? He says, he says, hey, Google, turn on Pokemon on YouTube. If yeah. your brand isn't big enough for that to come up, you're, you lose. <laughs> right, right. If you're, if you're, because it's just going to, it's just going to pick. Now, I know the search is different now and all that, but that's just going to change over time. And it's just fascinating watching a five-year-old do that. And actually, my two-year-old is trying to get involved. <laughs> but, you know, I'm trying to tie all this together. Guys, it's not going the other direction. You got five-year-olds using this Google Assistant. Come on. You know, and they don't know. They don't, they're not searching. You know what I'm saying? Like People aren't going to search and stuff and go through this and that. I mean, it's going to be through the audio. It's going to be um, it's a different type of technology. Um uh, the other thing I do want to mention was as far as social media, it, it's just going to be so fascinating in the next couple of years, five, 10 years, what's, what social media is going to look like. Um, the whole idea of 2D and scrolling through your feeds, that's going to be gone at some point. People need to understand that. And, pe- and, most people, and people that are involved in it and looking at the next technology, they, they understand it. Um, but this, this, the feed scrolling and all that is going to be gone. It's going to be an immersive environment. And you look at what's going on right now with Fortnite and Epic Games coming out and saying essentially, yeah, we're turning this into a social platform. Yeah, I saw that. And, and people overlooking Discord, which that's a whole other – I don't want to get too much into it, but people overlooking platforms like Discord, they don't even consider Discord social media yet unless you're in the gaming esports space. People right. – really, I say Discord, they're like, what are you talking about? Like still, <laughs> and they, you know, they've been around five years. And people overlooking it – again, people overlooking a lot of things um, – but you know this whole 2D world is going to be gone. And looking at immersive environments, uh, not even just VR, AR. I know like full-blown VR, AR is a little bit a ways away, but there is a step before VR, AR full-blown. And there's going to be just some interest. There's interesting projects out there that are addressing that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, there you go. Um, well, we will hop into the Lodges Light Seven. So, like I told you, these are just seven easy questions, fun way to end the podcast. Let our listeners um, maybe find out some more just personable, funny things about you. Um, so the first question I have is what is your favorite place that you've traveled to so far? Oh, good one. That's a really good one. I really like La Jolla, uh, San Diego. I had family okay. out there uh, a number of years ago. It's, it's a beautiful place. Nice. Okay. Um, what was your favorite childhood TV show? Mm, I was a big Pokemon fan. <laughs> okay that's a good pick uh, i like that I was, a big, I was a big gen one gen two player so <laughs> I, I, that's that tur- that's up there a turtles original turtles uh-huh like early right. childhood uh i'm again dating myself some people <laughs> um I've, 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 I've you know i may or may not have forced my five-year-old to watch uh old school turtles so when that's you have funny. kids you, you you make them watch what you'll you know what you can watch so or you, right. what you can stand so yeah i'll go with those two okay good picks good picks or dragon ball z all right i'll get a th- dragon ball z sorry Hey, Dragon Ball Z was good too. Yeah. Um, what profession other than your own would you like to try? Oh, interesting. 
that I would like to try even if I'm not good at. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's just say that you had a day to try any profession and you just were all in on it. You know, what what would you like to give a shot at? Now let's say you were good at it. Like you just had the like, natural. You, all right. Talent. So what about like running with the bulls? Like, could you get paid for something like that? Like, I, like or like bullfighting or something? Like that'd be fun. Like, okay, like, that's interesting. I, I that's a good one. Okay. I have that, my mind. By the way, I didn't know these questions. I'm just. Like, no, yeah. You, so guests don't know this. Disclaimer yeah. to all listeners: guests don't ever yeah. know these questions. <laughs> So that's kind of a random thing to come to mind. I was like, you know what? I'll just run with the bulls. It'll be fun. That's funny. Um, question number four is, what is your favorite cereal? Oh. All time. Like now or like all time? Uh, let's do now. We can we can break it up into two. We'll do all time and then now. Because <laughs> there might be a difference. Uh, now? This is kind of, man, it's kind of boring. Like now I'm like an adult boring, like Raisin Bran. like that's so boring but probably all time i've got to go with lucky charms probably okay okay nice good picks (laughs) um who would you this is the deeper one of the set so everyone always i think has to think a little hard on this one but we'll see how you do um who would you say is the most influential person in your life Hmm. currently or yeah just currently Currently, um, I would say my mother, she, you know, going through her surgery, uh, not having like, you know, basically her short-term memory is gone and mm. she is just always smiling. Like, dude, she's always laughing. You know mm. what I'm saying? I think it'd be very easy for her to shut down and, and just like, just kind of give up. But she is, I mean, she never complains. She's always laughing. She's always optimistic. Um, so I think part of, you know, my positivity comes from her. Um, and she's a teacher for 32 years, just an extremely hard worker. Um, but she just continues this positivity every day. And every time I see her, every time I talk to her on the phone, she's laughing and carrying on. It's really like, you know, other than the, the short-term memory issues, like she's, she's the same person from you know, awesome. pre and post pre and post surgery. So, um, it is cool that she hasn't lost her character essentially. Um, you know, it's just kind of localized to like short-term memory stuff. So I would say my mom. That's awesome. That's really cool to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, second to last question, what is your biggest pet peeve? Interesting. These are good. <laughs> these, are, these, are, these are really good. Um, wow. Biggest biggest pet peeve. Uh, any kind of uh, direction you can take me with this? <laughs> like, and so like to... for example, I mean for me, like I'll give you my yeah. example is I can't stand when people smack food. I think that's got to be definitely my biggest pet peeve. It just, it just drives me crazy. Um, But yeah, it doesn't have to be like anything super negative. Like anything that kind of like – grinds your gear a little i don't know we've gotten funny answers for this one so so no worries on like saying anything gotcha yeah no gotcha no i think actually i think like when you're talking to someone and they just stop listening to you like mid-conversation and like oh what did you say yes like, they're, they're, you can like look at them and you know like oh my goodness they're not listening to me <laughs> <laughs> that's not a talking, good feeling yeah and, like you keep talking you're like oh they're not listening they're not listening and then <laughs> then you know when you're done, they're gonna say, "Oh, why don't?" Or they 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 lie. And you're like, "You just lied. Like you didn't yeah. listen to what I said." So anyway, it's probably fine. That is funny. Um, <laughs> and then last question, and I kind of think this one's this one's a fun and easy way to end it is, "What would you say is your favorite video game of all time?" Final oh, Fantasy VII. Nice. Okay. Perfect. And well, the, re- the remake. The re- I I will be streaming the remake uh, in March. When that, okay. when that comes out. So I'm, we are, we've been waiting two decades, me and my brother. So 
that's awesome that's awesome well there you go you made it through the light seven um awesome and cool things to hear about you um but chris i just i really want to thank you again you know for coming on and sharing all your expertise sharing um you know your different views of of things especially with from the social media side and kind of what you're working on um i really think this will help a lot of people out and hopefully notes they can take away from it um i definitely want to give you the opportunity to shout out you know all your social media platforms where people can find you Gotcha. I'm going to say true to form here. There's two places. I'm just going to say two places, and that's it. Okay. Uh, on, on LinkedIn, uh, Chris Reed, C-R-I-S-R-E-E-D. Uh, hit that follow button on there or send me a connection message request. You can also follow me on TikTok, the Level Up Experience. So that's Level Up Experience on TikTok. Perfect. There you go. Well, Chris, thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, to all the listeners, you know, if you're a new listener, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you had a lot to take away from it. To all our current listeners, thank you guys again so much for all of the support, the listens, the uh, you know, all you guys that are subscribing and leaving reviews. I really appreciate it. And we will catch you next week on another episode of the Lodges Podcast. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. Please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating if you've enjoyed this. You can find out more about Lodges by searching on Instagram at Lodges underscore financial, on Twitter at Lodges, on eFuse at Lodges, and on LinkedIn by searching for my name, Juan Rodriguez, J-U-A-N. Following on socials is the best way to be kept up to date with podcast updates and information. Thanks, and you were just listening to The Lodges Podcast.